Hey everyone, my name is Bitupan. Welcome to the show. I want to ask you something. Have you ever wondered what is reality? Have you ever questioned reality? Is your reality real? What if your dream was real and your reality was a dream? It was always believed that science and spirituality cannot go together. But now people are starting to accept the fact that spirituality is the real science. It's going to be an interesting show today because with my guest today, I am going to talk about some interesting topics like history, mythology, religion, connection between the Vedas and the modern science. And what in the world had Nazis to do with anything with the Indian Vedas? We will go deep into science and spirituality. And I'm sure after listening to this conversation, your mental horizon will get expanded. So let me introduce my guest today. I am with Dr. Charit, who is an author. He has written six books, including his best-selling book, Evolution Cradle, The Aryan Origin. The book is a science fiction novel which goes deep into mythology, religion, and questions the reality and imagination. The foreword of the book is written by Gautam Ghosh, who is a film director, actor, producer, and a music director. So welcome to the show, Dr. Charit. How are you? Thank you very much, Bitupan. I'm fine. Yeah, and it was a really nice uh, brief introduction. <laughs> very well, very well structured. I have more to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> really right, nice, anyways, yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he is connecting to me from Germany. So how is the situation of lockdown in Germany? I think there is not much lockdown in Germany, right? Unlike yeah, India. Yeah, surprisingly, yes. Uh, not much. Not much compared to what all the other countries, for example, India or the US are going reason for that is also the healthcare system and how well uh, they're prepared they have been prepared already for this um, so they're doing a lot of proactive testing and everything but overall anyway to keep the, the long story short it's uh, it is uh, pretty pleasant <laughs> pleasant lockdown yeah i mean the panic wise it's pretty pleasant compared to uh, the i mean if i right now if i go out i'll still see people I don't feel completely isolated. <laughs> okay, okay. You are at your home right now, right? I'm at home right now. Exactly. Yeah. So I I work from home 90% of the time anyway. So for me, life has not changed much. It's not like I'm missing office because I, I work from home anyway. Um, it's just like a couple of days in a, in a month where I go to the office. It's not in my own country. It's Switzerland. So anyway, I have to fly and come back. So I prefer just staying home. And uh, yeah, so for people who are working from home and have a social uh, connection every day at work and they're used to this, for them, I think it's a bigger challenge. Whereas right now, uh, you know, for people who are, who are used to being isolated and work from home anyway, especially writers, right? <laughs> writers are isolated all the time. <laughs> That's true. And I think, I think, uh, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a writer's psychology. They tend to survive in... Uh, this kind of situation way better because they're mostly in an imaginative world <laughs> that imagining characters they're imagining life outside reality and like you expect like you uh, explained uh, at the beginning uh, you know what is reality am i like whatever you're experiencing experiencing right now you know it's not necessary that that is the only reality right so that's true so that, that's actually that's actually how what inspired me to write evolution really also 
so i i really uh, you know get uh, excited to know about this fact that because when i learned about this fact that everything in this universe is made out of atoms right everything including us and anything in the universe exactly. and when scientists scientists wanted to find out what is atoms made out of and it's made out of nothing yeah that that's surprising right it means we are made out of nothing in hindi we say sab moh maya hai it's all <laughs> illusion <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think there are like multiple uh, theories surrounding that you know there's a universe outside a universe outside a universe multiple planes multiple universes and parallel universes and it could be that you know we we are just able to uh, get to the point of the atom and uh, like in in cern for example in switzerland they have this huge uh, hydrogen collider and uh, when when they, when they expose uh, the electrons inside the atom um, at, you know at a high velocity towards each other and when they collide they create matter and antimatter and but that's how far we could go maybe you know in a couple of years we will be able to see even beyond that and there could be others you know solar systems like our own system not solar systems but like uh, systems complete systems doesn't have to be solar uh, systems with uh, maybe their own kinds of planets and another universe inside a universe inside a universe so it's like where are we <laughs> are we just are we are we actually part of uh, the physical plane are we part of something which we cannot explain you know the, um, beyond even uh, the universe that we are at so several people i think try to try to explain that um, uh, astrophysicists and you know, people people try to expand their own minds to get into the bottom of it but it's just too much for human brains to process <laughs> right true so i have some more things to talk about and it will be so interesting but before that for viewers i want to give some more details about dr charit okay so as a child he was always obsessed with history mythology and religion he studied at new york university and after that he moved to work in germany uh, where he is currently working on his doctorate he has accomplished over four medical and two business publications and won the Miss making a difference award uh he is a globe trotter by the way he constantly travels to various countries with curiosity learning foreign traditions cultures religions modern technology or simply in pursuit of new experiences uh, apart from being a full time employee at a fortune 500 company uh, he is also an entrepreneur an artist a drummer and a fitness enthusiast so anyways uh what i want to know next from you is that see your curiosity is one thing i understand you are obsessed with these things but how did this obsession come what triggered this obsession as a child yeah um the, yeah so basically in my the the one thing which i notice it is at school you know we, we are we are being taught things which are rediscovered let's take an example of um, of our own planet for example because we were talking about the universe uh atoms and so at a point where um scientists in the west were just trying to debate whether earth was flat or earth was uh, was a sphere indians have already or ancient indian civilization was already at a stage where they were talking about even more advanced um 
astrology or astrophysics they were talking about the rotation and the revolution of earth and the axis of earth now we have gone beyond talking about the the shape and size of our own planet but we are now talking about the axis at which it is uh, revolving around uh, the planet uh, around the sun uh, and uh, and also this and 500 years it's, it was only 500 years after they have uh, you know debated about the dimension of earth or the shape of earth was that in in in, in europe now they are talking about the universe revolving around the earth while you know aryabhatta for example was all has already 500 years before this he has already discovered that it was earth revolving around the sun not the other way around but in school they only teach us that aryabhatta discovered or you know he he was the founder of zero but it, there was something even beyond that but we, they don't teach us much in school about this so uh these kind of these kind of things you know why are we why is the education system not teaching things that we have already discovered but they're teaching us things that were rediscovered in the west and then they're teaching us back so is there like a communication or a medium of uh knowledge transfer um, a mistake somewhere there you know the knowledge transfer around the universe uh, around around our our planet did not happen properly you know otherwise why would another scientist discover the same thing 500 years later uh which you know some other civilization has already discovered so that so was you that think that uh, this knowledge transfer did not happen properly do you think uh, it, it was by purpose or it was circumstances that is a tricky question to answer <laughs> a very good question uh well i hope it was not on purpose because uh, our ancient civilization was very famous for keeping things a secret like vedas were only transferred by mouth you know they, only much later they have started writing it down before that it was only being passed down uh, by by word of mouth from from uh, father to son and so on so i hope you know that was not the reason i just hope that they just did not have the right communication channel to the rest of the world of course there was uh, i'm 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 talking about just uh, going from 4000 bc now coming slightly closer to 1 to 2000 bc where the greeks started migrating to india and they started now learning about uh, you know our mathematics from our mathematicians and from all the physicists that we have in india at the time and they then took it back to europe and again that just stayed within greece it did not go further beyond that and beyond that was where galileo now was uh, trying to discover the same thing now what always you know what i was always pondering about it was uh, is galileo for example only rediscovering or was he just taking the knowledge from aryabhatta for example which somehow he was able to get his hands on and trying to just explain the same story again you know these are these are some of the mysteries that i would like to get into in the future but uh, coming back to your question what actually triggered um my obsession or my um my the one thing that triggered my research okay, let's say that was uh, uh i i saw a video of an of uh, of a speech that uh, robert j oppenheimer you know he was the uh, father of the atomic bomb i saw a speech of this person 
and uh, this was in 1945 1945 you no know, just during the world war the second world war that uh, towards the end of the world war i'm talking about i did watch is there in youtube now yes so this this you will find this on youtube now yeah thing when i first saw it it was not on youtube yet i'm i don't remember where i saw it but i remember it very vividly it's, it's a black and white video of uh, oppenheimer right after the testing you know right after he tested the first atomic bomb in america uh, i believe in new mexico i could be wrong uh, he the first thing you know that came to his mind he said on stage live in front of media was a phrase from bhagavad gita now we are talking about oppenheimer in the us who is the father of the atomic bomb when he saw the explosion of his own creation the first thing that came to his mind was the brahmastra and there was a quote now i'm just i'm just quoting what he said he says now i became death the destroyer of worlds so that is a translation of um, a phrase in bhagavad gita about the brahmastra itself so the nuclear bomb explosion that he saw reminded him of um a phrase from bhagavad gita so these are famous scientists some of the most brilliant minds on the planet who who know bhagavad gita better than you and me do now how, and back then 1945 you know it wasn't even like there was a lot of translations available in english and he 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 saw the similarity between atomic bomb and the bhagavad gita and subconsciously it must have been that which triggered you know his inspiration towards creating a nuclear bomb in the first place so mm-hmm. yeah so for those of you you know watching this video uh, who want to see this you just have to go on to youtube i'm pretty sure you'll find it there his name is oppenheimer very famous he's the father of the atomic bomb so you'll you'll definitely find videos about him highly recommend that <laughs> i am definitely going to see it after this video yes. <laughs> uh but that is one thing and i think there are a lot of things that people usually get wrong or people don't even know about the indian mythology and what are those common things i mean which are important that people should know uh, but they do not know what are those according to you um so according to according to me um the the misconception you know, the literal <laughs> sense of what uh what our ancestors were trying to teach us what the first people who wrote all these stories were trying to tell us was just everything was literal over the years we started exaggerating things of course but we started making them figurative because we were not able to understand that okay whatever they are trying to say could not have been true but actually it must have been true there is no other way because uh, you know even if you think about human psychology your fantasy can only go to a certain stretch like for example take um, take the a, a human fantasy creation the dragon what is a dragon dragon is just a, a mix of fire something we know you know dragon breeds fire wings you know every bird has wings and an iguana with a tail and a head uh, a, a reptile with a tail and a head but that's that's because they have seen these things and they just put them together but to create something which you have never seen is near impossible for example uh, flying aircrafts you know it's not impossible somebody must have seen these things uh, that's why they call it the vimana gopura uh, the temple the shape of it you know the temple 
the Vimana Gopra. Vimana means aircraft. Uh, so that is basically something that somebody at some point must have seen. You know, something that looked like a rocket, something that could take off and land. And with the center of it, the sanctum sanctorum is where we put the god's idol. That could have been where that particular person was controlling this aircraft. I mean, just the, just uh, you know something which um, I think would is probably a misconception of or a mistake in the translation or the way they came. Or we can even go you know slightly beyond that and take evidences. Like uh, for example, it's a very well known fact that. Uh, Indians uh, several thousand years ago were able to distill zinc. You know? They were able to uh, that 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 took zinc in the West was only a creation of like less than a thousand years ago. Whereas in India, it was several thousand years ago. They were able to distill zinc and uh, galvanize uh, iron so it would not rust. You know, that's how they built a lot of pillars, for example, which even to this day they still stand. Iron, iron pillars. Uh, the only way is uh, with uh, galvanizing it to prevent oxidization, and that this is an evidence that we have already. Or, uh, or huge ships um, that we that we had, uh, which no other civilization at that time had. So all these are evidences, and it's not possible that we just jumped evolution. We were able to discover those. Either we saw these from somewhere else. There was a knowledge coming from somebody else we are just trying to discover you know at this stage who these people were we we may associate them as gods the ancients might have associated them as gods but you cannot put your finger on it and say oh, i know what it is we don't know what it is right and about the zinc thing that you said i heard somebody saying this uh, i'm not able to recall i think it was sadguru or somebody uh, many people actually say this that what do scientists do they do research and what is the meaning of research searching for something which our grandparents already knew <laughs> that's what we are searching we are doing research on it well right. said yeah. yeah and okay so i haven't read your book but i have ordered it so i'm gonna definitely you know i'm excited for Thank it but much. i was reading this yeah i was reading a summary and all and also some comments on on uh, your site what i came to know is that you mentioned something about the nazis involving with the vedas so i haven't heard anybody saying that can yeah. you put some light on this how how are they related exactly yeah so uh, it, it's something that very few people know very very few people know and it uh, it was also something which i found out when i was trying to research that there was hardly was really difficult to get any kind of information on this so i had to dig deeper it took me a long time but i found a lot of answers uh, so it was like oppenheimer there were several other uh, people who knew the power that was there in the, the ancient knowledge coming from india at that time nobody had you know nobody was this advanced so hitler was one of them now uh, in no way am I supporting this dictator uh, because I have already been attacked on this subject by several people on social media <laughs> thinking that I'm supporting a dictator of the past. In no way I'm doing that. It's just that for a person uh, to have become, he was, at his prime, he was a leader at the end of, you know, the, end of the day. 
and it's not it's not easy for you know anybody to to do that you know whether be it positive or a negative um, so so this guy was at a certain uh, level of intellect and he knew where to look for answers and he found out the power of swast for example you know he knew what it stood for he sent many people to go back to asia and try to research and he was himself a learned man he was you know reading a lot of ancient scriptures coming from india and um, so he he knew the things which uh, um were you let's say let's talk about weapons weapons or uh, warfare and all those things he knew that somebody had this knowledge already in the past and he knew exactly where to look for it so he sent people he collected a lot of information and some of the museums in europe have uh, or, or 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 some of the communities here you know even secret societies that i wrote about in my book are believed to have that same knowledge that we once used to have we may have lost it but in the in 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 the west somehow it is better preserved than it is for us so it is believed uh, of course uh, it's uh, could be theoretical but it is believed that uh, his main involvement was to understand all the vedic scriptures for example and use that for his own benefit fortunately it was used for the wrong purpose but nonetheless you now there there was a uh, uh, certain knowledge that was um, adopted and you could see you know the the, the nazi symbol for example which is on my uh, f- the first edition of my book which later had to be removed because of the controversy uh, okay. is also the the evolution of the symbol itself so evolution of human and evolution of the symbol itself of how it was taken from uh, a very positive powerful symbol used by the hindus which later was taken literally taken you can even say stolen by uh, hitler to use it for his party now in hitler's defense uh, he believes that he was not stealing it but he was only rightfully taking what was uh, from his uh, race let's say you know, he believed that he was aryan and his community was the aryans and he believed that the aryans were the first ones to found the uh, the religion hindu religion and that they were the first to give hinduism certain symbols like the om or the swastika and so on so what he believes is he's only rightfully taking or borrowing even what was uh, founded by his ancestors oh. so so this is something that very few people know and uh, even the concept is very new for many people uh, so so my research was basically on that and that's why um, I, I because you know by by word of mouth or trying to explain people it's not exactly uh, you won't reach a large audience so i wanted and it's also not the right medium so i wanted to tell this like a story you know like a tale like an adventure um, mm-hmm. of two scientists from germany meeting a historian in india and then going on this wild adventure and learning all these things and you know coming across all the obstacles and and meeting somebody exactly. like exactly i i would like love to know more about your book i mean yeah. you can summarize but before that okay before you yes. explain about your book i want to know what led you to writing first of all can you start it then then you let me know about your book 
Absolutely, absolutely. So, so for me, like I was saying, I I just wanted to reach you know a large audience with the same story, and I, I like, and I realized you know if telling facts the way facts are is boring for people, for a lot of people, not for everybody, of course. But if you're just telling, you're just explaining the facts the way they are, it won't be. Um, people may people may listen to it. People may forget it the next day. Uh, but if you tell it in in a story, you know, like an adventure. um or at least consider you know the like i was saying you know that things were literal you know open think outside the box mm-hmm. you know maybe they were not figurative and if you explain that in a storytelling in in a in a in a in a white in a right uh, storytelling kind of way uh, where you're, where you're explaining all the characters and you're explaining the environment and you're helping the person uh, imagine this world then it's a, it's a much nicer way to to convey the same message so that's why i decided to write a book cuz this was something the first research i've done or first time i came across this concept was uh, i think around 7 years ago so the first two years i was of course i was talking to people but i realized i was not explaining it the right way and then i wanted to put it into a story with characters mm-hmm. like larger than life characters some of them even uh, so so people would uh people would be able to imagine it better mm-hmm. can you tell about your characters yeah so the main uh, primary characters are two german scientists uh, mm-hmm. who work for um a very famous institute i mean it's a suspense you'll find it in the book it's described in the first chapter itself um a scientific uh, research facility in berlin and uh, what they're doing is basically cross species uh, genetics so they're trying to use or splice together uh, two strains of dna to create something which does not exist for example and the most part it's that's one of the several uh, uh, experiments that they're doing uh, but the main goal is to achieve cross species uh, experiment you know cross species uh, uh, recreation of a new species which doesn't exist so basically fusing two species together mm-hmm. so they come to a dead end they try everything possible they come to a dead end and then suddenly one of them one of them in their uh, research group finds out about um, ancient indian history history stories uh, and also the mythology you know we have gods for example who are half human and half animal and yeah. and then they 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 say in 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 the beginning they have an argument and they say okay that can possible but then they later find evidences like i was explaining you know evidences and they reach out to the east to look for answers and then the adventure begins but basically it's because their their uh, research itself gets rotated and then they try to go and look for answers and it turns out to be uh, a fun filled <laughs> or a thrill filled adventure I'm yeah. sure your book is going to be amazing. Uh see so you I think you also wrote books on entrepreneurship and leadership. Uh and again this book is about uh, science fiction and do you think uh, in terms of entrepreneurship nowadays do you think spirituality plays a role in entrepreneurship success? Yeah so absolutely definitely. So Why? so i was i was having this discussion even yesterday uh, with a friend of mine so in 
in order to first be successful uh, in your business life, you need to first be successful with yourself, right? You need to first be able to feed your own demons, and uh, which is which I believe is the most important step. You know, you people try to suppress all their emotions, and that's only going to explode. Uh, you know, in in your relationship with the family or in your business, in your workspace. So uh, I believe, you know, for for success to first be um, achieved outside oneself, it needs to first be achieved by the person inside first. So you need to first understand by yourself what your strengths and weaknesses are. And you need to be able to first understand what your own demons are, you know, uh, and and the reflection, outer world is a reflection of the internal world. Absolutely, yeah, and it's definitely, uh, definitely, it has definitely a lot to do with uh, with spirituality, and I completely believe that, especially because I've experienced that you know, firsthand as well. I, for me, it was really challenging to write the book unless I was first able to calm myself and think clearly. So, similarly, you know, every time I enter enter a meeting, I need to first adjust myself and then calibrate myself even <laughs> before i jump into the meeting and i and people just don't realize it uh, of course i'm not saying everybody but most people don't realize it that you know it's uh, it's the same thing spirituality if you're inside and outside just everything needs to be synchronized it's a harmony mm -hmm. okay and uh, i think you have been to several countries right Yes. How many? Uh, I think the last I counted it was around 32, 30, 32, 34, something like this. Yeah. So oh it was uh, that's just <laughs> the number of tooth, number of teeth we have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, very true. Very true. Which yeah, was your so. memorable experience from all these travels? Um, I would say uh, Greece and Iceland mainly. Uh, for two completely different reasons. Um, Greece, because that's where I discovered uh, similarities and, uh, between between their ancient Greek mythology and Indian mythology and their relationship and also some uh, Indo-Greek uh, um, ambassadors uh, mm -hmm. and Indo-Greek kings even. And, uh, and then there was so much, in the past, there was so much collaboration. We have our next, next topic. <laughs> okay. yeah so yeah. okay we'll jump into that then uh so basically that's that's why greece was for me very fascinating i had a i had a writer's block uh which is which i previously believed was not true but it happens mm -hmm. so at a certain point in my book i go i uh, i just couldn't go further so i had to like i had to put it in i had to shelf it for for like almost a year until i randomly took this vacation to greece and then was going through the museums, doing my own research, understanding their own history, and then I found out that there are way more similarities than 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 you can. I mean, sim not just similarities, but the same exact gods. It's actually everything is exactly the same. Many minute tweaks which were done. So that yeah. is that. So for that reason, for the history reason, uh, Greek Greece was for me uh, very memorable. Of course, India. I used as as a kid. I used to travel a lot with my parents, um, mm -hmm. yeah, and we we still we still travel a lot within India uh, on pilgrimages. Um, I come from a 
pretty spiritual uh, and quite religious family uh, who were very keen on uh, pilgrimages so i am every time they they go somewhere i try to make it and i try to be part of it um, the other country which i was very fascinated with was iceland but iceland for a completely different reason iceland's history is not very fascinating <laughs> uh, i mean they they do have their own uh, pros and cons but iceland mainly for the nature the, the sheer power of nature i mean the whole island is just built on on volcano yet there's an entire civilization living on it volcano have you been to greenland have... sorry greenland have you been to greenland not yet not yet but that's on my bucket list i'm going to go there sometime soon hopefully cuz iceland is uh green and greenland is icy right <laughs> yes 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 yeah there were, there are some theories surrounding that um so apparently the one of some of the first celtics and vikings moved right they didn't want anybody to come there so they wanted everybody to know it was a harsh place so they just called it iceland so the other civilizations would just be scared to go there and mm-hmm. greenland there were so few people there there's hardly any people there back then and they wanted to make it attractive so they started calling it greenland oh for <laughs> other settlers <laughs> but i but these are just stories it's just uh um there are several stories surrounding the names yeah nice nice okay so uh, before we conclude uh, just tell the viewers where can they find you and your books yeah so my books are available on barnes and noble uh, if if it's a us viewers but also largely on amazon so my so primarily all my uh, readers they acquire the book on amazon uh, right now uh, for indian audience because of the covid situation most of the printing presses are in lockdown so they're not printing the physical copies yet uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you can you can get the kindle version uh, which is available now for uh, for a promotional price on amazon which uh, which will continue for a couple of more months okay all right so any anything at the last you want to say any piece of wisdom to <laughs> the viewers uh <laughs> piece of wisdom um so or i just... can ask you we actually already discussed we know that our ancient vedas have got lost lot of wisdom and we should be there was a communication gap actually Uh, knowledge transfer problem was there uh, but uh, i'm not going to ask you whether it is important to include vedas in our school system or not that is definitely important but yes, can yes. we do something now is yes. there a step by step process what can we do oh yes yeah so so the, the most important thing for us uh, is to learn from the past so we don't repeat the same mistakes and uh, and despite that because of lack of uh, proper education around the world i'm not i'm not being specific to a single country um, a war that has already happened could have been avoided again because we know the after effects right it's as an example so kurukshetra has happened but still we had another world war we had another world war after that although we know what the consequences are so 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 my personal uh, message even from my book is to consider everything which the 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 history is trying to tell us in a literal way rather than a figurative way you know if they say our our gods the avatars and everything they were all blue in color take that literally 
I mean, consider it at least that it was probably literal. It could just be that the place they are coming from has a completely different kind of radiation, so their skin had to adopt and uh, adapt in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. it uh, that will allow you to think outside the box. So just consider the scripts and all the texts that are being um, explained now in a, in a literal way rather than a figurative way. Okay. So, all right then, Dr. Charit, it was great talking to you. We had some interesting topics today. I'm going to, in my next discussion, I'm going to talk about this grease thing, okay? <laughs> I have that curiosity now. Absolutely. Right? So, Absolutely. All right, anyway, thanks for connecting. So, thank, thank you, you very much. much. That was a nice, uh, uh, nice session. And uh, hope to talk to you soon. Sure. Take care. All right. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.